Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks, Gene. Welcome, music enthusiasts, to the Extraordinary Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we had the five-piece pop-punk band from West Bend, Wisconsin. They cover an array of classic rock, 90s pop-punk, and modern rock. They also write some of their own music, which you'll get to hear later on in this episode, who are inspired by bands like Weezer, Green Day, and Nirvana, and attempt to bring back the 90s greatest punk rock. But here's the exciting part. This podcast isn't just about one band. It's a celebration of the diverse talent flourishing in our beloved Wisconsin. We're here to embrace the soulful beats, electrifying sounds, and heart-stirring melodies brought to life by our local musicians. Join us on this musical voyage as we aim to support and uplift the magic of Wisconsin's musicians while showcasing their brilliance of our state's musical tapestry. Together we can make a difference. By subscribing to the podcast on your preferred platform and leaving encouraging reviews, you become an essential part of our mission to amplify the musical magic of Wisconsin. Get ready for an exhilarating journey filled with inspiring interviews as we take you on a tour of the diverse sounds and voices that make Wisconsin's music scene shine like a star. So let's spread the excitement, share the podcast with friends, family, and anyone who appreciates the heart and soul of music. Together, we'll create a musical sensation that resonates far beyond Wisconsin's borders. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support drives us forward. We can't wait to embark on this fantastic musical adventure with you. Stay tuned for more thrilling episodes filled with pure Wisconsin talent. So here we go to West Bend, Wisconsin's own Batteries Not Included. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Batteries Not Included. Gentlemen, why don't you uh, do a a roll call so we know who is there. Uh, I'm Andrew and I play drums. I'm Sam. I play bass and I sing sometimes. I'm Austin. I'm lead vocals and guitar. I'm Jacob. I play lead guitar, and then our baritone guitarist Joe couldn't make it today. Okay. They are a five-piece post-punk band from West Bend, Wisconsin. They cover an array of classic rock, '90s pop punk, and modern rock. Uh, they write some of their own music, inspired by bands like Weezer, Green Day, and Nirvana, in an attempt to bring back the '90s greatest punk rock. So, gentlemen, welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Let's do the origin story, your music origin story. Just give us a quick summary from each one of you, how you got into music. Awesome. You can do the honors. I played some in high school, but I didn't start playing guitar until about my my junior year, I think. Um, and I mean, really where it all started is I kind of got tossed into it, uh, like singing and everything, because we all played in a program uh, through our, like in our city. So that's kind of how we all met each other, and that's kind of how I got into it more, is because of that. All right, I'll go next. Uh, so the first time I was basically introduced to guitar, it was through Guitar Hero back in, like, 2013. And I found a song on there. It was called Backcountry by Avenged Sevenfold. Okay. That's what inspired me to, like, pick up a real guitar. So I was like, hey, I want to try this on a real guitar because I kind of have this down. And then... It basically went on from there, picked up a guitar. A couple of years later, I joined the rock band program at Western Music Academy for the summer. And yeah, a few years later, we're here. Cool. So for me, you know, I had a guitar when I was like 10 years old. And when you're 10, you always say to your parents that you want to be a rock star and all that kind of stuff. And I guess that feeling never went away. Um, when I got to like the beginning of high school, freshman year, my dad said, oh, you could do this summer program 
uh, sponsored by the local music store, which is the one that Awesome is talking about that we all did. And uh, like he said, I kind of got tossed into like having to be the singer because nobody wanted to sing. Everyone was scared. And then um, I did mostly guitar playing when I wasn't singing. But uh, later on, uh, there was a band called Batteries Not Included that really needed a bass player. So I was like, all right, I'll play bass for you guys. Cool. I feel like I'm going to be the boomer out of all of us here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I started playing drums when I was a, about 12. Um, I have a little bit of a funny story involved with it. Okay. So before I was even born, um, my, are you familiar with the band golden earring? Yes. Yeah. So a while back, um, my parents were big into like classic rock and they would play radar love and simultaneously when they started playing that song when i was still in the womb i would tap to that song ah so they would always tell me that maybe you were born to be a drummer and then i started tapping on like everything i could find when i was like five or six they finally decided around like 11 or 12 okay maybe we should get this guy a drum set and i would just start playing hours on end learning like every guns and roses album um uh, I started learning like practically every well-known Rush song. And then I started getting into like playing in the local bands in high school. Um, and I ended up doing something semi-serious in Madison a couple of years ago with a band called the Mood Manual. And that fell apart. So moved back to Hartford for a while uh, and ended up living around here. And then I just so happened to meet these guys through my girlfriend when she was bartending at one of the bars out here. And Sam actually would come in frequently. And he brought up the fact that he was in a band called Batteries Not Included. So she mentioned that I was a drummer. Um, and so a couple months later, they started playing shows. Uh, we attended one of them and I was like, okay, yeah, these guys got some potential. Come to find out a couple months later, their drummer was leaving and they were looking for a drummer. And my girlfriend happened to mention to Sam, hey, uh, my boyfriend plays drums. If you guys are looking for a drummer, you know. So basically, yeah, I I auditioned and yeah, the rest is history. Nice. Cool. I think that's it. Is that everybody? everybody? Uh, Joe's not here. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. Great. Um, So how long has Batteries Not Included been together now? five years now you guys have been together for five years right five years five years yeah so 2018 yeah about yeah okay and how many shows were you guys doing before the pandemic i think we've only gotten like six or seven before the pandemic we were we were in a weird spot where um we were driving like 45 minutes each way and it was was like right after the summer program so we really didn't have any direction or anything (laughs) We, we kind of did things backwards where um, we we wrote an album before we started getting shows. So okay. like it's a great time capsule of where we were versus where we are now. So like we just started getting consistent shows last year and now we're, we're trying to build it up this year and, and moving on. After the pandemic, obviously it took a, probably a little bit to start getting gigs again, correct? For you guys? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking at your 23 dates here um, on your website, and you guys um, had 
a gig in February um, and March. Um, looks like you had one on the 24th, which was, was that yesterday? Two days ago? Two days ago. No. Two. Yeah, because today's the 26th. Yeah. And then you guys are going to be down into Manitowoc and then some other gigs in June and August. So do you have more gigs that you're trying to get uh, put on your on your dates for this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got a whole bunch that we're working with right now. Um, trying probably to get, Trying to get as much shows as we possibly can. Probably by like the end of beginning of May, end of May, we'll have probably another seven or eight shows that we're lining up. And then we work with a lot of other bands from Madison and Janesville and that area. And we're trying to kind of just expand and gig swap and get our name out there as much as possible. Excellent. And um, so kind of tell me um, of the places that you guys have been playing, what's the local scene been for you? I mean, has it been... What are the positives and some of the struggles you've been seeing so far? West Bend is kind of a weird area for music because you got, kind of have to dig for it to like actually find it. So, yeah. One of the things we've kind of discovered is a lot of Washington County just wants cover bands and cover bands thrive here. And we, we kind of decided as a group that we want to make our own stuff and kind of you know write stuff that people want to hear um and not just play covers so we're trying to get into the madison and milwaukee areas so then we can get in with these bands that want to play their own stuff rather than just covers yeah we've noticed that a majority of the bands that are in the same vein as us are more towards like southern wisconsin and even in like the chicago area so it's a little bit difficult to kind of like network and play shows in an area that isn't necessarily meant for us. Yeah. And since those are the struggles for your area, are, obviously you're going to be trying to push for places that are more acceptable to what you're doing. Yeah. Oddly enough, like we're from West Bend and uh, we do a lot more Madison and Janesville shows. Um, I think a lot of those college towns are much more accepting of original music um, so it's easier for us to get in there. Yeah, this is Wisconsin and there's nothing wrong with cover bands, but you also want to play your own music and define places in Wisconsin. Sometimes it seems like you said, it's, it's a little bit harder to do that. Yeah. So another thing that's like gets us shows in that area is I, I feel like we try to write music that relates to like the younger generations, like the twenties and thirties and even teenagers and stuff like that. So Speaking of that, then we you have had some albums come out. Um, you have one in 2020, and then um, you've had let's see here four single or three singles last year, and another single in 2021. So those singles that you had after this first album are they all going to be part of this next album, or is this just one-offs that you have been doing, and then you have a different plan? I think the recent two that we put out, Mister Nice Guy and Rock and Roll Road, those are going to go on our next project because. They're more recent and define our sound that we're going for now. Okay. So why don't we talk a little bit about this upcoming album then? Um, what have you learned going from the first one that came out in 2020 to the last two singles that you just put out? I think, um, like like I said before, the, the first album we ever did was in a studio with our current producer, Joe Pelezzi. He he like gave us a lot of direction and we were still figuring out kind of who we are 
what we wanted to do. And a lot of these, these two singles that we've released, um, we're kind of zoning in on a lot of our influences and the sound that we want to go for. Cause if you listen to the album, it's, it's, it's good, but you can hear the different influences per song. And we're kind of zoning in on what we want to be and what sound we want to put out there. And how would you describe that nowadays? Um, I feel like that's going to be a loaded question because all of us have different influences now. Yeah, we've got a lot of influences. <laughs> no, I, I think we've all kind of agreed going toward more of a punk and then also post hardcore sound. Mm -hmm. For the listeners that are not familiar maybe with exactly that genre sound, what are some of the bigger names that kind of produce that type of music? Um, as far as like the post-hardcore bands, like it depends because that that uh, genre is really broad. So like ones that I know that I've listened to over the years were like Silverstein and Every Time I Die and bands like that. Um, as far as punk, I mean, it seems <clears> like Green, we, Green Day has been a big one for us. I know that, uh, uh, God, I can't even think of their name right now. Um, Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, thank you. That's a grunge band, though. So, yeah, it's like a, like a mixture of like what Green Day was doing back in the day. Uh, like We've got a lot of grunge influences, like Smashing Pumpkins and Soundgarden, and Nirvana has been a big one for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then like I know that Jacob is a huge Polyphia fan, so he's... You know it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a little bit of like uh, a lot of like shredding in some variation. And then I take a lot of influence from like the prog scene, almost from like bands like Periphery and uh, like Northland and all of them. So it, it's it's a very big like pool of bands. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. So these last two singles that you did, these were done in the recording studio as well. Um, these are actually recorded independently. Okay, um, so tell us the, the the details of recording these last two singles. So the last two being handbag, no, not handbag. It was nice guy. Nice guy, and, yeah. So we have a a friend who lives in the area who records music. So we decided that we we're going to record it independently, um, simply because we have more time and like kind of almost more creative control to kind of just experiment and see what we can do artistically with what we're doing because i mean nothing's ever really fully written i mean you can always change stuff in the studio and it kind of shows i mean even now after we've recorded it we've made changes and uh we're still developing them yeah right. and i would say like the really cool thing about recording with him too is that he's also a very talented musician so he's got a lot of really good feedback for us and you know ideas that we can incorporate into this song as well so yeah i feel like when we go to the studio like recently we have like a song like 80 percent, 90 percent written and then he helps us finish that by making like even better with all of his musical influences and then who's the one that usually writes the lyrics to these songs i think that's a, a double yeah job between sam and austin i think when we started i think i had a lot that I brought to the table. Um, so like on the first album, I think I did a lot of like the song, whatever I want. And of course, gone again, I wrote. Um, but then we have the song Hypocrite where Austin and I teamed up together and wrote it. And lately that's been, I think what we've been doing. And I think it's better that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll collab. Like we'll have these ideas where we'll write down our thoughts. So we'll write down 
a song idea and we'll kind of work as a group to kind of time it out. And it's, it's a group effort, honestly, at the end of the day, it's not solely one person. I mean, it's good to collaborate in that way. It kind of feels like it's not, you know, lead singer with a backup band. It's a band that basically what that means is, you know, you're all collaborating on a song, adding your own things and make it, you know, a one cohesive thing that you all, you know, created together. I usually put a couple songs on the podcast. Would you want me to put both of those latest singles on? And if so, I can do that. And is there a third one you want to also put on the podcast? Hypocrite. Tell us the history behind that one. <laughs> oh, man. So at that point in my life, I was writing about my ex, you know, as a musician does, kind of <laughs> air, air out their dirty laundry in their songs. Um and I, I think I really tried hard to try to capture my feelings on something that I was dealing with. And then also trying to write from Austin's point of view, because I knew at the time that we were going to both be singing in that song. So I tried really hard to relate it to both of our situations. So like when I was singing, I was kind of singing about my stuff. And then when Austin was singing, he was singing about his stuff. And then actually Austin, I, in my opinion, I would say he outdid me by writing a really good chorus that we both could relate to really well. I remember for like the riff writing process of that, I think you guys were like, hey, let's write a really happy song with like down, like mean lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the riff comes from. And it can, even even though he wrote it about an ex, it can be a song that outside of knowing us, you can relate to it and be like, oh, this person's hypocritical in these number of ways. And we address it in those ways, whether it's gaslighting or cheating or just in general being a bad person. And outside of knowing the personal reasons behind the song, you can still relate to it, which I think is a crazy thing that we wrote so early on. <laughs>
Do you want to describe Rock and Roll Road or Mr. Nice Guy? Mr. Nice Guy would be a good one. So, this is a story. Uh, When me and my girlfriend first moved out, we lived with this guy who I cannot name um, because we wanted our first place to move out. And we, he agreed that we could play there and everything um and obviously living with a roommate can be kind of difficult um and everything just started to go really downhill so one morning sam came over and we wrote the song in the studio in the house um just reflecting how we felt because um he was just a fantastic person (laughs) um (laughs) and we were we were kind of in a phase uh, where this album that we were going to write was going to be how we felt about everything in the world because we were all angsty for a little minute and we still kind of are. That's kind of, kind of our writing style right now. Like we're writing how we feel. And that song is just the summary of being petty without actually saying a name. Gotcha. My favorite part of that story actually is we were practicing in the basement one time and Mr. Nice Guy comes down the stairs and he goes, can you keep it down? And I'm just like, nope. <laughs> and so in the song, uh, one of the lyrics is, can you keep it down? And then we all go, no. <laughs> gotcha. We, we applied a lot of that, what happened while we were living there for the short time to to the song. So to the people, it, it's one of those songs that I can relate to someone outside of it. Um, but it's all around just a really nice punk rock song because it's all about being a rebel and uh calling out people who you don't like right
Then the other one is the rock and roll. Rock and roll road. Yeah. What's what's that one about? Um, so Jacob had a riff. We were kind of in like a rut where we didn't have a a song. Like we had all these riffs, but nothing to like do with them. So we had this sign actually right here sitting in our uh studio room or our practice room. So, so listeners, that you showed up a, a like a a street sign that says Rock and Roll Avenue, and we uh, we wrote it the entire time about going to see a live rock band and how you would sort of feel seeing it, and it came together in like an hour, I think. Yeah, just like in the span of one practice. Uh, it it's kind of special because you know we kind of <clears throat> tried to capture the feeling of being at this concert. You know, you've had a rough week. You get to go see a rock and roll band, you know, the lights, the most exciting part of seeing a band is when the lights go out and, you know, you know, you just get to have a good time. You get, you get to hear all the drums and you get to feel the bass and hear the guitar and kind of just have a good time. And it's just like 
kind of surf rocky song that you can kind of get with. In the part where uh, second verse, yeah, in the second verse where Austin is like going down the list of like the guitar, the bass, and the drums, we'll actually stop and like basically give them a mini solo that isn't in the studio version. In the studio version, well, we're, we're the all, drums aren't. In yeah, the we're all playing basically what it should be, but live we we just have it so everyone has their own little solo. Yeah, it's kind of their little like have a little bit of fun time. Well, that's definitely. A good good thing because you know i don't think everybody wants to hear you just represent the the, the song recorded but they want to feel the life of that song and yeah. sometimes the studio doesn't give you that time to do that but up on stage you you got your you know two three hours you can do what you need to do yeah 
and it kind of gives that individual person just like the spotlight for the second, just so you can kind of pinpoint which person is doing what. And, you know, it, you just get to hear it all come together when it goes back into the chorus. So yeah. I think it's kind of special that way. It Great. almost feels like a table setter too for, because we usually start with that song in our sets. And yeah. it almost feels like kind of like setting a tone for what's to come during the set. Cool. All right. I, I didn't know if there was going to be more after that. So I was oh, just no give, waiting a second there. Excellent. So then I'll, I'll drop that song as well. And then the next question I have for you guys is work-life balance. Now, um, I don't know if you're doing this full time, but if it, if not, if you have you know a day job or or you know whatever, how is that balance working out for you? All right, so I'll start here. So <laughs> I'm Jacob. Um, I'm still in school. I'm graduating soon, so that's pretty cool. So it's been we practice on the weekends and try to get as many shows as we can, like only on the weekends, so I can still have time to focus in school yeah we've got a little bit of an age gap with all of us yeah (laughs) nothing wrong with that yeah so i work third shift and i remember yeah it sucks (laughs) (laughs) recording our first album uh we were doing like eight hour studio days and i had to work like mandatory overtime so it was like right after work for me and like there were like 24 hours that i wasn't sleeping so a lot of that studio time was just the whole band annoying me because i was <laughs> not getting the amount of sleep that i needed but i don't know you make it work and you know the more the more stuff we do i plan on going to a first shift job so i have more time to do the band and i think at the end of the day the goal is to stop working and just do music full time but we're not quite there yet gotcha um yeah i also unfortunately have a nine to five job that is for lack of a better word it's a pain and yeah yeah uh so uh it's generally it's supposed to be 40 hours but because like everywhere else in the world it's very short staffed and they expect you to work all these days of overtime so i i could work almost every single day for 12 hours or I could be working, you know, a regular 40 hours and then having my weekends off. It, it, it depends on how the schedule is. But the other job that I have is I'm actually a, a newly uh, parent. So, Congratulations. Thank you. So that also takes up a little bit of my time. So it's kind of, it's a little bit difficult trying to balance, uh, you know, being in a band and, you know, parenthood and working, but by the grace of my girlfriend being extremely supportive and basically pushing me into doing this again, you know, she's been ultra supportive and basically telling me to, Hey, if you love doing this, then go do it. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think we all need, I definitely have a partner that needs to support, you know, our artistic endeavors for sure. Um, yeah, same with me. I work, a first shift job. I used to work third shift. Um, and it's just, it's so draining. <laughs> I've been there. You, yep. You, you try to, I mean, we were going through a low point at like a year or two ago when we were both on third, like we really had no ideas. We had no direction. Um, but you know, if you really believe in the project, I think you kind of figure out ways to get there and get gigs and it's a group effort. So cool gigs that have made an impression on you. So 
Usually this happens is you talk about a gig that you've been a part of up on stage and also as an audience member, like you went and saw a band play. It was like highly influential to you. Oh, I know Jacob's right away. (laughs) All right. So for the first one, for when we played on stage, I think when we played Washington County Fair in 2021 was like a big eye opener for us because it like it got us a few more shows that year and obviously got us some more shows this year and it inspired us to like keep making more music and it's like hey we can actually get somewhere with this and then for something as in like an audience member i went to a polyphia show in indianapolis recently and the opener band they're called unprocessed they're really good and they showed me it's like even as like an i don't want to call them like an opener band but like I ha- I kind of have to because they were the opener. So like as an opener band, like you can really impress a bunch of people because they're from Germany and like the whole crowd there bouncing with them. It was just a great time for everyone involved there. Excellent. Um, for me, I think um, the 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 Washington County show that we had back in twenty one really saved us because we were at that low point and then we get this show and we do it. And that really just set us on course for, you know, where we are now and kind of got our motivations back on track. And then as an audience member, um, I, I personally really like to just watch live bands, especially my favorite ones, because you kind of, you can kind of mimic what they do and kind of pick up and learn what you do. Like my favorite band, I don't know if you've ever heard of them is bad flower. Mm-mm. They are fantastic. They have this energy that they put out and they bring to every show that just like wows you every time. And it's something that I want to get to as a band that people can be like, wow, like that was awesome. Like I have to go see them again when they come back. And I think that's something we've been working towards uh, trying to just get people to have that feeling. It's just getting them to the show is just also a roadblock <laughs> yeah so i'll talk about a different show other than the the washington county fair one uh, what was that like one show that we played i think it was like simcoe yeah simcoe yes yeah, so we played a show at like simcoe and when we got there they were asking us like oh do you play all these country songs and we were like terrified we're like why did they hire <laughs> us like they they saw us play before and we're like, oh, man, they're going to have a bad time and all these things. Like we had so many thoughts about how it could go wrong. And then once we got on stage, just everybody was so supportive. And like, actually, they were jamming out to even our originals, which I thought was really cool because we're not a country band, but they had a lot of fun. Um, and I, I would say that a show that I saw once that I really resonated with, um, I went and saw Marilyn Manson, I want to say like 2018 at the rave and I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding him now, but, you know, being, you know, a little younger, you know, full of angst and mad at the world, like he really meant a lot to me. So it really made me feel good that I could see someone that at the time really meant a lot. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be saying the Washington County Fair show either because I wasn't a part of the band at the time. (laughs) I've only been in the band for a couple of months. Since New Year's. Yeah, since, was it New Year's? I thought it was a little bit earlier. Um, So the most recent show that we played, not the acoustic one, the one at the barbecue pit, I would say was the, uh, as as a musician, was probably my favorite because it was, really cool to watch our crowd just be very engaged with us and even 
almost starting like like trying to be like crazy in a way because we have a song called undone that uh is kind of like a like a standard pop punk song or like basically it's like our heaviest it's like it's like a heavy like fast song that kind of almost entails or starts a circle pit or a mosh pit if you want to call it that okay still calling it that yeah so that's that was the one thing that was really cool for me and that's kind of like the one thing I always look forward to watching is just people going crazy in the crowds. As far as an audience member, I have two. Um, the first one is the first show that I saw that uh, I thought was really like really good for me, not just from like a, a band, but like an audience perspective too, was Bring Me The Horizon. Uh, because the singer Ollie Sykes is very like, he commands the crowd in a very engaging way. And it was really cool to see everybody in the rave. That was almost a sold out show, either jump up and down or just like, basically have fun. Yeah. And the, and the other band that I saw, um, it was actually just the show in general was the band called the data remember. They played a show at the Sylvie, I want to say 2019. And not only was the band before them knocked loose, their crowd was insane to the point where it was like a giant mosh pit everywhere you go. But, uh, and they remember his crowd is also like that, but they also will sing every song. And it's, it's really cool to hear songs that are just resonating throughout the whole entire building. And the Sylvie is not that big. Yeah. It, that was like a really cool, like, uh, almost like an inflection for me to be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to hear people sing our songs and, you know, yeah. Like, feel the emotions that we're feeling when we wrote the song right yeah i mean it's it's like a feeling none other you know it's just everybody that you know you wrote the song and you see so many people enjoying what you've done and you get that instant you know feedback it's just it's a great feeling all right is there anything i haven't asked you guys yet that you want to talk about Uh, uh, sure i mean what does Uh, everybody got for influences here (laughs) i think we went over that. did we go over that influences um, I don't think yeah. I have anything. Influences. We all know Jacob's. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of different influences because I try to listen to as much music as I possibly can to like broaden my horizons and what I like for like music. So there's a band out of Seattle called <clears throat> Dragged Under. They're pretty cool. And then there's a band called Surefire that um, Cameron Paget he produced. He was the one who produced the last two songs. And he's in a band called Surefire. They're about to go on tour. So that's pretty cool for them. And then there's another guy that's in like local to the West Bend area, but he tours a lot. His name is Andy David Weber or Andrew David Weber. And he's a really cool guy to check out. Cool. Um, I think for me, my biggest influences writing and recording for this band is uh, Bad Flower, uh, Basement, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Blink-182. Um, a lot of '90s punk and grunge. I uh, I love Chris Cornell. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a hard one for me to answer. Everyone always asks me what are my influences, and I always think don't really have any, even though that might not be true. I just I don't really think about it that way. But um, most of my writing style comes from the people that I've played with in the past, and then playing with these guys now have really shaped who I am as a musician. And I think that's the best way for me to explain that. Not really one single artist or you know, someone else who inspired me. I think it's mostly just 
my band inspires me. Gotcha. I have a tough time answering this because I have such a slew of drummers that is it's not even the revolving door. It's just the fact that it, it, there's so many drummers that are so good. And obviously there's like the Mount Rushmore with uh, Neil Peart from Raj, obviously Keith Moon, um, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Those were always the big three for me. Um, I was heavily inspired when I was in my like teen years of Mike Pornoy from Dream Theater when it was still doing or when it was still with that band. Um, as of lately, it's been uh, Matt Halpern from Periphery. Uh, there's a drummer uh, by the name of Luke Holland, who is a really, YouTube drummer. He's really good. He's like like insanely good. He's in Falling in Reverse. Yeah, he's in like he's also working with Jason Richardson too. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's so many like even Matt Cameron from Soundgarden was like one of the guys I always look to for inspiration because. Soundgarden's music is so different and like it's the time signatures are just so like insanely tight and really good. Yeah. But I would say like if I had to pick five, I would say it's Neil Peart, it's Matt Halpern, uh, Mike Portnoy, uh, Travis Barker, actually, believe it or not. Oh, cool. Um, and there's a drummer from uh, and then I'll yeah, I'll say Nick patterson from uh north lane okay no but yeah it's just it's insane how many good drummers there are up oh yeah for sure all right why don't you guys let the listeners know where they can go and hear your music so we got a spotify obviously under batteries not included and we're on apple music and i think we're on pandora we're on pretty much all streaming services you can find us on youtube at batteries not included yeah do you have Bandcamp? no I think we'll have to get a band camp. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if you get enough people on there, they're actually buying your music and not just streaming it. So you guys can actually hopefully make at least a little bit of your money back. Yeah. On your recording sessions and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, definitely try that out as well. Oh, there's one question I forgot to ask you that I wanted to ask you is. Where did the name Batteries Not Included come from? That's did it come a funny from the eight story. That's a funny I, I, story. Um, I got it. Yeah, go oh, ahead. You got it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this was also at Washington County Fair, but this was during the rock band program, like first year we started, so 2018. So we were backstage, well, backstage, side area. Yeah. And we got asked, like, hey, what's your band name? I'm going to announce it. And we all like kind of looked at each other. like, we don't even have a band name. So then I just out of the blue came up with batteries not included. And then you're like, yes. And that's how it came to be. Literally gotcha. last moment. <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes before we go on, hey, what's the band name? Batteries not included. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, I'm in my late 40s. So there was a movie in the 80s called Batteries Not yeah, Included. I'm so I was like wondering if. Movie. Yeah. So was it, is it, did you guys, is it like just, you know, a vintage name that you liked or was it something different? So obviously it was something different. It was just something that just clicked in my head. I don't know what it was, but it was just like batteries not included. That's who we're going to be from now on. Everybody knows that, that slogan too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because almost everything, you know, that you buy batteries not included. I think we actually made the joke within the last couple of days that we wanted to either name an album or a song called Some Assembly Required. Mm hmm there you go. <laughs> then we can copyright it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Um, once again, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was great talking to all four of you. 
And everybody who's listening, go out and check their music. It's great stuff. And check them live when you get a chance. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast with the West Bend, Wisconsin group. Batteries not included. Without your support, it's really hard to amplify these great bands here in Wisconsin. So it's much appreciated that you're out here listening and telling everybody about these great groups and the podcasts that help support and amplify the great bands like Batteries Not Included and other bands that you enjoy. But hey, it's not just about them. It's about supporting all the incredible Wisconsin musicians out there. That includes you. By tuning in, you are showing your love and appreciation for the soulful beats, electrified sounds, and heart-stirring melodies being born right here in our own state of Wisconsin. We invite you to join this music celebration where you play a vital role. Your support means the world to us, to these talented artists, and to the entire Wisconsin music community. So let's unite as one powerful force and rally behind our local musicians, rock stars or folk artists, hip-hop legends or country crooners. They all share the same dream of having their music heard and cherished, and you have the power to make that happen. Join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave those ravishing five-star reviews. Your engagement fuels our passion to continue amplifying the musical magic of Wisconsin. Because your engagement fuels our passion and to continue amplifying the musical magic of Wisconsin. Hold on, we're just getting started. Brace yourself for an exciting journey filled with inspiring interviews where you get a front row seat to the diverse sounds and voices of our beloved state. Together, we'll showcase the brilliance of Wisconsin's musicians, artists, and the amazing organizations and businesses that support this vibrant music community. Let's share the word with your friends, your family, your co-workers, anyone who appreciates the heart and soul of music, especially Wisconsin music. Together, we'll create a musical sensation that resonates far beyond Wisconsin borders. Thank you, incredible listeners of the Wisconsin Music Podcast, for being the driving force behind this unforgettable journey. Your passion and support helps keep us going. We can't wait to bring you the next interview. Stay tuned for more thrilling episodes filled with pure Wisconsin talent. And we would also like to thank Fox City's Indie Radio for playing these episodes on their radio station so go and help support them as well have a great week everybody and we'll see you next week